Welcome to the show. I'm Mikey. And it's your girl Zay Day. We are two social justice warriors dedicated to dismantling systems of oppression through a black, black queer, queer feminist lens. Feminist lens. Yes, this podcast will cover a variety of topics ranging from politics in our country to which new bop you can twerk to. Hey. <laughs> yep. And while we're twerking, y'all can start following. Search Black to the Future on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join in the conversation. And don't forget to leave positive reviews for us on your streaming platforms. Yes, please leave positive reviews. With the reach of this podcast, we desire to change the world one episode at a time. Yep, and I think it's time we get started, don't you think? Yep, let's get it! The The past past is gone, gone. the present present is an adventure. adventure. Looks like it's time to to go go black to the future. future. Cue the theme music. Mm. Y'all. Dropping every Thursday on the hour of the 12. Yeah. Breaking all the curses, creating family well. Yeah. Saving my community, my passion is their help. Yes, I am a teacher, but I do not miss help. Looking at the world through a feminist lens. Dub it or trash, no recycling bins. Women are superior, we're gonna get our wins. Category clothes, the girls get their tins. Transphobic thoughts are shaky, they wobble. Homophobic creeps left behind, they dawdle. LGBT on pose, yeah, they model. Black to the future, we say poppin' models. Like a dice, like a dog. on another episode of Black to the Future. <laughs> we appreciate y'all so much for being here. Please, um, if you enjoy our content and our podcast, please go and rate it on Apple Podcasts. If you use that platform on Spotify, if you could share it, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, five stars are great. We like those. Uh-huh. We five... I like all stars. Five stars is just the best. <laughs> <laughs> what is what Nick say? Um, ask Lil Wayne who the five star bitch is. Ask Lil Wayne. Ask Lil and... Wayne. Ask Lil Wayne who the five star bitch is. Yes, we five stars over here. Like, period. Um, so yes, please give us those five star reviews. We really appreciate it. people can see our content. I'm getting such um empowering like messages like I really love your content and I'm watching it and stuff like that. Like people are actually asking me about it. I don't know if they're asking you about it though. I you know, I keep my page private sometimes unless I'm like doing musical stuff. Mm. So I have received a few like friend requests and things like that from the show. So it is amazing that we have uh, so many allies. Buzzword. Buzzword. Yes, uh, I like that. Look, what a lovely segue. You are the master of segue or shet. Was it segways? Shetways. <laughs> Uh, a test way. <laughs> I, oh, bless you. A test. What is that? What language is that? Is that Swahili? 
A test way? I thought you said it. A test way. I thought that meant bless you. I thought it was like bless you and Yeah, I think it's, you told me that. It's like bless you and like Swahili or something. I think it's French. I thought it was actually French. Yeah. Anyway, Mabby said he was. Yeah, it's French. It's French. Okay, it's French. Oh, shit. Okay. I'm probably not saying it right, but it's okay. Well, no, because you used to say it all the time. Time somebody would sneeze, you'd be like, I'll test way. And I'd be like, don't be cussing me. I don't know what the fuck you said. (laughs) What you call me? Right, what you call me? (laughs) Who is. Tess way. I don't know her. Who is a test way? I don't know her. Did we we go to school with her? (laughs) I remember her. She used to eat the flame of hot chicken. No, this way. It's like real life scenarios, like, but they make it ridiculous. And we love black women. I love my black women. Black women, we are, I don't know. I like, every time I talk to some man, sometimes they, they turn into a little misogynistic and they're not really allies. And they don't think that women are as funny as me. I'm just like, contrary to popular belief, do you see all the trends that are happening? Like... Black women, like every, like, I just want to point this out real quick. It's like everybody talking about it's going to be some kind of summer, some kind of summer. Guess who said it was going to be some kind of summer first? Mm-hmm. A black woman. Exactly. Megan Thee Stallion said it's hot girl summer. Now y'all got city, now y'all got city girl summer. Now y'all got, oh, being funny, trying to be like, it's white boy summer. It's like, y'all getting this shit from black women. What the fuck? So get, run, run Megan her coins, if anything, please. And women as a whole, like, there's a trend right now that I'm seeing even in, like, action films. Mm-hmm. Um, Spearhead, uh, the lead is a woman. Mm-hmm. Like, with this whole Angelina Jolie movie that came out, um, Underwater with Kristen Stewart. Mm-hmm. These women, they are not your typical women that you see in an action flick. Mm-hmm. Like, they are the the the, the role Mm-hmm. Because of what we've seen, society and how um, men play that action role, mm-hmm. it's easy. It's so easy for the way that they, these women are playing these roles. You, it, it's so genderless. Like mm-hmm. a man or a woman could play it because you see the women just are the heroes mm-hmm. and are capable and are smart and are saving the men mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, and are and are able to do that. Right. And it's so powerful to see that, um, that, that like trend happening right now in action movies. I like it a lot. Even, right. even like I told you Star Trek with, um, with, uh, what's her name? Mike, Michael Burnham is the character. But even with that, you mm-hmm. see her, you know, she's about to be a captain in this next season. And it's yeah, just so many. <laughs> but anyway. No, it's fine. And I, and we'll, we'll get more into allyship. But um, we um, wanted to come on this mic today. Well, Mike, I don't know. We're going to say mics. We're going to say mics. Um... We go and come on here. Um, today is May twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. So it is one year since the murder of George Floyd, um, which essentially, in the middle of a pandemic, sparked 
the one of the biggest, if not the biggest, global for sure, uh, Black Lives Matter um, protests um, that we'd ever seen in the world before. Just proving how much people, whether it be performative or not, really care about Black lives. It's how we have to show up for Black lives out of after saying Black Lives Matter. Great. Now, how are you showing up for Black people in that way? Exactly. How do we show up? Right. And we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more later on, but I wanted to give a moment of silence because he shouldn't be treated as a martyr, but he will be because he was just trying to live his life. But I want to give a moment of silence for George Floyd. So we're going to take a few seconds here, y'all. Okay, thank you. Thank y'all so much for doing that. Respect, respect. Respect. So, I don't think we asked, but Mab, how is your blackness, baby? <laughs> oh, we didn't. Um, it's doing okay. They're doing uh, renovations on my floor outside my apartment, so I apologize if y'all hear uh, bus saws and a hammers hammering away. Um, but my, my blackness is... I, it's it's conflicted. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, still on this journey of uh, discovering myself and seeing where I fit. And because of that, sometimes you get sad mm-hmm. um, because you feel like you're a little lost. But I, I've learned to definitely rely and reach out to those allies that I do have in my life. Mm-hmm. And they have helped me to see my path again, even when I don't see it, you know, sometimes, you know, it is our lives and we have to be, uh, the, the captain of the ship, you know, and have, we can't, you can't rely on everybody for everything, but every now and then when you are down, it's okay to reach out. And that's when I'm speaking to all the men, all the black men, all the men of any other races listening out there. Um, society has taught us that it's not okay to reach out and that we're always supposed to be strong Mm -hmm. in every situation. We're supposed to be knowledgeable even when we're not knowledgeable. We're not supposed to have those emotional responses because that's a sign of weakness. Mm -hmm. No. You guys, we have to reach out and use our communities and talk about our emotions and how we feel because that only makes us more aware of how we impact the world around us and how the world impacts us. And it also helps us to be better humans mm-hmm. as a whole. So get in touch with yourselves, guys. Mm. And don't just, <laughs> and don't just touch yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mab. It's really important, especially for the topic of conversation we're going to be doing today. So. How, how is your blackness doing today, Zay? Um, so the doll's fully vaccinated, so praise God for that. Mm-hmm. We out there fighting Miss Rona a little bit more um relaxed now, so that's fantastic. Um, if you feel comfortable, if you're able to to get the vaccine, I would encourage it so that you can be a little bit more unencumbered and free and and stuff like that. You know, that's at your discretion, of course. 
But, um, yeah, I had um, a very fun weekend. Dexter and Terry came to visit me, and we were literally cracking up, cracking the fuck up in literal tears. And despite him not wanting to admit it, of course, he is madly infatuated with my existence. He's, he is. You know how he'd be acting like, ooh, I don't like you, but he'll hug you for about 20 seconds, and you'll be like, the hug was over about 10 seconds ago. Nigga, you still holding on to me. And he'd just be like, I just, you know, he don't say it, but his actions speak louder. So that's why. And I know he gonna hear this and he gonna probably try to call a bitch and be like, don't be putting me out there like that. I'm cold and heartless. But anyway, so that happened. Don't be out on first street. Yes. But but it's important. I think it's important to have people who again uplift and support you when you may not be feeling like like on your ten. Like you may not be feeling like a ten. Like you need people who gonna remind you like you that like you that bitch. Like you got it. So it's nice to have people like that. And it was beautiful weather. Like it was eighties and shit. Like all weekend. So I was on my porch looking real country, <laughs> sitting out there with drinks and shit, just looking at the cars go by. I'm like, mm, 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 this is life. <laughs> I, love it. I just wanted to enjoy it. Um, so that was fantastic. Uh, shout out to James because James came to visit me. Such a sweetheart. I love him to death. And we just hung out and just spent time together. It's nice having people there just to make you feel not a little bit less lonely in this world exactly Mm -hmm. so um as y'all may have noticed uh our topic of discussion is about uplifting um empowering people that are um in communities that you may not necessarily belong to by being an ally Mm -hmm. i love the word so we are going to talk about that in a couple of different kind of ways, and hopefully this will prepare everyone for the upcoming Pride Month that will be here in just a few short days. Woo-hoo! So we're going to talk about it from a couple of different perspectives, so let's get into that. Okay, so I think it is only right that we start with the definition, since everybody want to be all specific, specific and stuff about what words mean. Because, of course, words have meaning and language is very important. Mm -hmm. So, the word ally, A-L-L-Y, is defined by Merriam-Webster since 1828. (laughs) We got, we got, we got, we got time stamps. Baby. (laughs) They didn't even have them back then. They would just call them stamps. <laughs> oh. um, an ally is is in the in the sense of uh, a verb. It is to unite or form a connection, a relation between. So there's a connection, a relation between two different things. So that's the verb, which is which is fantastic. But we need the noun. Okay, so a, the noun is going to be a sovereign or state associated with another by treaty or league. That sounds real professional. <laughs> that sounds real professional. That sounds like some shit they would have said back in 1828. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next, the next one for a, a, a noun is one that is associated with another as a helper, a person or group that provides assistance and support in an ongoing effort 
activity and or struggle. Uh. Tongue pop. So that's the one we getting ready. Not that the other one's not important, but that's the one. And that that ongoing 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 assistance. Ongoing effort assistance. Like it don't just get cut off. I also want to talk about the fact that in order to be an ally to someone, you don't necessarily have to have this, but it helps immensely if you have privilege. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, just... it's, it's not hard to be an ally when you don't have that necessary privilege, but it can be more challenging and definitely much more beneficial if you do have privilege. So, uh, privilege. Same Merriam-Webster. <laughs> she says, a right or immunity granted as a particular benefit, advantage, or favor... I love you. She said. She said. Miriam Webster. I don't know if that's a man or a woman, but you know, when you get to I a certain, like Miss Thing, all of them the same. It don't matter. So, Miss Webster. Miss <laughs> Miriam Webster. I had talked to her yesterday. This is what she has said. Um. So I think that's important to note because in order to, I think the most um, effective way for allies to show up is to recognize that they have a privilege. And then when they do that, they again become a helper to those who do not have as much privilege or access to different things in their life. And it's an ongoing effort because life is continually ongoing and things that we think we have solved or fixed or adjusted accordingly probably haven't made those necessary adjustments as well. And I think that's very important that we make those points. Uh So um, let's start off with the question of what do you think makes a good ally, Mab? So what do you think? What makes a good ally for you in, in the world you live in? Um, when it comes to allyship, it's important to have someone, uh, non-judgmental mm. and not there for, um, what, what's the, the word that I want to use to say face or they're doing it out of guilt or guilt, pity, someone, clout. you know, or pity, clout, any mm-hmm. of that, um, an ally that is genuinely there for the mission to help simply because there is a human that may be outside of their demographic that they see and can relate to and want to learn about and understand to better help them um, have a better quality of life. Mm -hmm. So I think that is very, very important. So to answer your question, first off, just someone who genuinely wants to be there. Um, like authentically. Go ahead, go ahead, sis. Like no, say? like authentically. Like that's what it has to. It has to be authentic. Yes. Um, someone who is able to be taught, mm. because when you become an ally and you're um, being an ally for someone outside of your uh, box or whatever you're in, mm-hmm. construct you're in. Um, there are ways that they communicate that are unlike yours. Right. There are cultural things um, that are important 
in communication that you may not be aware of. Right. So you must uh, be okay with not having all the answers, but mm-hmm. also be okay with actively seeking them out, how to appropriately and how to learn, right. how to grow in yourself to help. I love that. That sounds great. I I think um, I think a lot of allyship is rooted in the idea of definitely helping and assisting but I I think there's there's levels to it of course and I think I said this last year when I did a campaign with um, Tyler Bradley and we did a campaign last year for pride and I was part of it and she was asking me um, how I define my allyship. And I was like, there's like three levels to it. It's like the basic ally person. There's someone who's like an anchor. And then there's like someone who's an advocate. So mm-hmm. I think those three A's, ally, anchor, and advocate. Mm-hmm. And for me, an ally is somebody who literally, um, I think it's just someone who says, I see you, I understand you, and that's the extent of what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that it's it, it may come across as, like, performative for some people. Like, last year, of course, we just mentioned George Floyd, of course. But people like putting up the black squares and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, but, social media. Right, but not, or, but not actively making any changes or adjustments to their life or anything like that as it would inconvenience how their world is functioning around them. And that's because they have a privilege uh-huh. in that. And and let's let's be very clear that everyone has, well, I wouldn't say everybody, but a large majority of people have more privileges than they realize. Uh-huh. So it's very important to recognize that. You may not have the privilege of, let's say, whiteness, but there are people who have privileges of being able to walk. There are yeah. people who have privileges of having uh, the job and the connections to be able to get money. That's a privilege. Yeah. There are people who don't have that. So that's ally. Like, I showed up. I did a grom here. Like, yes, I held my little sign. So now what are we going to do? And, and that's basically where it kind of stops. Like, they don't want to challenge anything because they're living very comfortably in what's, what's going on. And that's and that's fine. That's their prerogative. But they can't be shocked and gagged every single fucking time some black person gets shot in the, in the street or trigger warning some, um, some woman is raped. They can't be like, oh, my gosh, how did this happen? Or an LGBTQ person gets bashed. They can't be gagged. You can't be shocked every time, mama. Like, you have to... <laughs> No, like, this is happening. Right. That's why, it's an on, that's why it's an ongoing thing. It's not just going to stop. Like, in order to stop it, we would have to go all the way back in time, back to 1828. <laughs> 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 and we would have to make those adjustments, but we ain't that. We here now, sweetheart. We 200 years in the future, so we're going to make this work. Yeah. So that's my idea of an ally. An anchor is someone who said, okay, I see all this. I understand all this. And I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna get people together in my space. Like you may you may not see it, but I'm gonna get people together. I'm gonna cut people off. I ain't gotta proclaim it out there. But if Auntie So and So wanna do this about black men, then we got to say, um, no, have a nice life. Sorry. Right. I'm sorry. Or it's just like I don't understand those trans people. And you're like, oh, but this is what it is. Da-da-da-da. You give them their information, they say, Well, I still don't like it, that's gonna be a no for you. 
you, ed you, you educate, you go the extra steps to make sure that your allyship isn't just performative. It's actually genuine. Mm -hmm. And that means there's something to be lost. There's a privilege that could potentially be lost. There's a, I think when you're doing allyship genuinely and effectively, you really have to rationalize the fact that there's a willingness to lose something. And so people who are like in the ally category, like I talked about, they don't have the willingness to lose anything. They'd rather sit cute and be comfortable at the at grandma and them dinner table on Thanksgiving and while they read and black people to filth. They would rather just sit there and be cute. It's uncomfortable, but they're going to sit there and deal with it. Anchor's going to be like, I'm sorry, girl. No, grandma this Ruth. This is not appropriate behavior. Right. Being able to call it out. Right. And, and being able to stand firmly in that. And that's what anchors do. When you throw an anchor down, it don't float back up. It goes straight down. It keep on pulling it down. So that's my thought process about it. You know, obviously everybody's not in the position to be able to do that. So, you know, use that as, you know, your, as it comes, I suppose. And then, so I think the last one is kind of like the work that I do specifically, not to that you don't do it, but I definitely like the job that I do is advocacy work. So it's like this person is fully 100% dedicated to like this shit is dead. We got to fix this. This is late. Da, 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 da. Like you can't talk about black people like that. You can't do women like that. You can't talk about queer people like that. Like you're going to have to get this together in my presence. Now once you walk out that door and you be flipping your jaws like and I'm not there. That's on somebody else's plate. But right here, right in my space, you're not getting ready to do that. Mm-hmm. So, and then it's like also going the extra steps of here, I'm going to donate money to these causes. I'm going to make sure that when my friends are not there, I'm going to make sure that I defend them. I'm going to, I'm going to educate myself and read articles and listen to people who have lived that experience and put my feelings aside. Cause ultimately being an ally has nothing to do with you, you your personal feelings and i think a lot of people have to check uh their unconscious biases mm. um there's a lot of uh, unconscious bias that you have to um uh be honest with yourself about mm -hmm. when dealing with certain populations because we all have them because of just stereotypes and whatnot right. that we've seen growing up and that have been instilled in us from people here there everywhere <laughs> so the, the, it's important to check your conscious biases uh try to discover them and check them at the door when dealing with folks exactly and again the reason it may be uncomfortable is because there's a certain level of willingness in the fact that you may lose something and, you know, I don't want to want to be putting themselves on the limb. Like, if, my, if your mama say, like, if you don't stop defending black people, you got to get out of my house. Or you ain't got nowhere to go. Don't be doing all that, girl. That's 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 a lot. Like, if you do that, you can do it. But, like, don't put yourself in harm's way. But there has to be a certain level of, like, loss balanced in the situation. And that's where I think a lot of people kind of get tripped up. They're like, I don't want to lose anything. I'm like, well, baby, you might. Because the people who are in need of allyship have potentially already lost some of the things that you are afraid to lose. Mm -hmm. So people, relationships, um, you know, jobs. opportunities from people who don't have uh, same like-minded beliefs mm -hmm. as a belief system. Like there's so much that, that um, 
you have to you have to really look at yourself in the mirror and understand that these things it may come up Mm -hmm. am i ready for this can i do it am i bold enough to fight for something bigger than myself right and so you know everyone can gauge their own process their own levels to it but make sure that you definitely realize that when it comes to allyship, there's some kind of privilege that could potentially be lost or something like that. And you have to jeopardize it, you know, if you really want to make that kind of impact. You know, what, what, what a lot of black people say, don't stay and don't, if you're about it, be about it. Like, like if you're going to do something, then do it. Like, don't, like, don't renege. <laughs> don't, don't, don't write a check with you. Yes! Don't, don't write a check that your mouth can't, whatever, whatever. How it go now? Uh, How it would go? What'd you say? How it go? Oh, don't write a check with your mouth that you can't cash. Hello. And y'all, y'all out here bouncing motherfucking checks. <laughs> out here bouncing, baby. Out here bouncing, bouncing checks, bouncing like some double D titties on Baywatch. Y'all out here bouncing, baby. Oh my god! So <laughs> I'm just saying, bouncing more than a basketball court. Like oh what god. the fuck? Anyway, so but the, it's, hmm? it's true. It's all very true. Mm. There's so many people out here like that. Yeah. So on a previous episode, I think it was episode 19, and my brain remembers things like this for some reason. We talked about intersectionality. So Kimberly Crenshaw um, and her theory. So if you haven't listened to that episode, please go back and listen to it because this is kind of like the principles at which this kind of allyship is going to have to start. Mm -hmm. So in that episode, we had talked about the further you move away from the, the cisgender, heterosexual, white, upper middle class, um, able-bodied white man, the harder things are going to be. And that's just because the country was just designed to be that way. Uh-huh. And, you know, whether whether or not on episode 23, I have my full midnight rant, but <laughs> you can go listen to that. The intent versus the impact, whether the intent was to make a prosperous future for their children and such and so forth is besides the point. The impact was negative. The Atlantic slave trade, the transatlantic slave trade, the um, and the massacre of native folk and other people like that. It's just like, whether the intent was to be completely good and wholesome on their end, it came across negative. And now you have to face the consequences of that because contrary to popular belief, that wasn't that fucking long ago. It wasn't. So you're so everyone who's in close proximity to that cisgender heterosexual upper middle class able-bodied white man is going to have to sit there and be okay with the fact that they have done that their ancestors have done those things. And that and that is another great quality of an ally, knowing that venting when people are venting or talking about their issues, it's not a personal attack. Mm-hmm. And that go that again goes with uh, allies being able to take themselves out of this equation mm-hmm. because you're you said you good you your mission <laughs> and what you're doing here is completely different put put on your different hats you know you right. have a, a completely different hat on in those instances exactly and not to say that if you are missing one of those pieces, you're not perfect. Like, we don't want to make white men the center of everything, specifically that um, archetype of white man. That's not, those, that's not the epicenter of life. 
There are a whole bunch of other people out there. And they're in white and cis hetero man's way is not the only way to make things work. Like there are other options. There are other countries fully thriving and succeeding without men being at the helm. (laughs) As particularly white men. So I just want that to be unequivocally clear. So I wanted to kind of start with the idea of how, um, if we want to separate it into a binary sense, how can men support women as we've already figured out that men are at the front forefront of this, whether they be black, white, Latinx, um, Asian, or whatever the case may be, they're at the helm of a lot of things because, you know, religion or whatever doctrine and what other beliefs and stuff like that, they or they're more powerful, their genetics or biology or whatever, they've been placed at the helm of a lot of things. And subsequently, that pushes women and femme-presenting people or, or femme-bodied people down. So how do you think, Mab, can men show up better for women and be better allies, anchors, advocates, etc.? There are so many ways. I think it all starts first with listening. Mm. Um, listening and just not talking when they're talking. <laughs> God damn it. Understanding the world through their eyes and the issues that they go through instead of imposing um the hegemony you know mm-hmm. and you know, the, the word hege- hegemony is like the the way that men see things mm-hmm. how how their perspectives are the only right way right uh, mansplaining yeah all that bullshit very hegemonic hegemonic you know and it's 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 important to start with listening mm-hmm. um and and once once you understand what's going on um, with uh, our, our female counterparts, or uh, you have to ensure that you act. Mm-hmm. I think that is important as well. Um, like let's let's just use um, uh, sexual health mm-hmm. um, as a as a, a, a base to jump from mm-hmm. when we're talking about uh, making it legal or illegal for a woman to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. That is not your the man's choice. That is a woman's choice because it's her body. Mm-hmm. It's her humanity. She is human. Right. That doesn't just because you're a man, it doesn't give you power to uh, make decisions over it, over what they can do and what they cannot do with their bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and once we understand that. Uh, I think uh, it, it just paves way for a lot of additional issues for us to talk about when it comes to women. Um, yeah. No, I, I I love that. I love the sexual reproductive justice and health in that way because, you know, um, let me let me say this is that um, cishet men and I'm sorry. Let me be very clear. AMAB people. We don't know what it's like to have nobody's period. We don't know what it's like to have to push out nobody's child. We don't know like, and I'm including myself in that. We don't know any of those things because we've never experienced them. So how are you going to tell people who have a certain body how they should be feeling about that? Because people hate when you tell them about your body, like, oh, you should be doing this. You should do this or, you know, but, you know, I just don't understand that kind of complex like let people be the writer of their own lives because they have the authority of their own life like they they've been living that experience i don't know their whole life and you've been studying it for i don't know maybe 
a few years at the most if you're a doctor or something like that. So how is that getting ready to compare at all, if at all? So that don't make no sense. And who is it hurting? Right. It's not hurting anybody. Um, I, I think uh, it is, it's important that we also realize when people are, you know, all like pro-life or I'm pro-death and that, 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 things are not black and white. Mm-hmm. We live in a world that is completely gray. Right. So you have to... It's the gray spell, Moni. Sorry, I thought about It's the gray spell. It's the gray spell. It's the gray spell. Trapper. Apart. If y'all know that, if y'all know that, I'm going to live. I'm sorry. But it's... If you're um, a male who's advocating for a woman and we're talking about sexual um, uh, reproductive justice Mm -hmm. and sexual health, they deserve that agency because also try to put yourself in their shoes. If for some reason um, they, women, all, 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 or all AFAB people ran the government and they had legal say it was in their right to make laws about if you could um uh viagra, viagra. Not viagra. When, when you when you when they step in you can't you can't you shooting blanks oh uh a vasectomy a vasectomy like would it you know how would how would men feel if they were control if that was being controlled by the government it's well, essentially it's the same thing. Right. Like you, you know, it's it's so horrible to like. I I would feel so powerless, and I would feel like you don't have say over if I can come or not. What kind of shit is Let's that? Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the same inverse, and I I think a, a good trademark of an ally too is to be able to listen to someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, understand their plight and what's going on, even if you haven't experienced it. Mm-hmm. Being able to put yourself in their shoes, and um, if you are someone who learns emotionally, be able to identify and try to figure out what is this person feeling when we talk about this, mm-hmm. so I can better support them. Right. Um, so again, I'll come back to it because I think that's one of one of the biggest problems is listening mm-hmm. and understanding. That, that cross-cultural communication doesn't always um, connect right. like it's supposed to. I agree. And I think there's so much to be said about what women, AFAB people, have gone through in this country outside of reproductive justice. It's like the, the wage gap. Like, why is that a thing? Like, if Miss Girl is running a, a, a company, then she needs to be getting her coins. If she's doing the same job, same job and probably a better job... Then Billy Bob next door. Then you need to be because you had to work ten times harder, harder to get that same position that this right. man has. Exactly, and it's and it's like, why is that even a thing? It's like, oh, we don't think women are as competent. Y'all wouldn't say that now, but y'all counter y'all ancestors long time ago used to say that. So y'all gonna have to eat that, and y'all gonna have to be okay with that. More so than that, we already know that long, long, long time ago. We know that even to this day, I think. Mm-hmm. Women are still used as like these 
pawns and like here i will trade you my daughter so that we can do a kingdom it's like i don't even like i don't even like his son daddy that's not the point it's like then what say do i have in this situation you literally stripped away the humanity that i have i have no agency over myself and because i think it's so challenging for people in positions of power in this case men to rationalize the fact that somebody doesn't have the same uh, the same chances and the equality and stuff like that. They just get so flabbergasted by that. And so that's why there's like this huge thing, particularly on TikTok, where men are like, well, men, women are starting to act so masculine. They don't just sit down and be quiet no more. I'm just like, you just told, Wait, what? Yep, you just told, I'm like, you just told all yourself, nigga. Like, what the fuck? How do you be like, they supposed to sit there and just be quiet? That don't even sound... But y'all don't want to say that because it would be, of course, misogynistic. And misogyny, of course, is the dislike or the aversion of women at any capacity. So men may want to have sex with women if they are attracted in that way, but they do not care about women outside of the sexual realm and things like that. These interesting standards of also of like agreeing with women, they've given it a term simping. You know, it's like... That's what that means. Basically, it's like you agree with women and you put women before your bros kind of idea. Or I've whatever. seen that, but I was like, what? Y'all, I'm old. I don't do TikTok and none of that stuff. Um, I'm so the gateway. I was like, what is this? That mean you a simpleton? What does that mean? That's, they, that's what, what does that mean? Does it mean you dummy yourself down? What does it mean? I was, um, like, I was so confused. Oh, no. Simping is like, for example, there will be something on t on Twitter. I'm going to use this example. There's a woman who posted an outfit and she was she was revealing how much she wanted to reveal. It don't matter how much she wanted to reveal. She has agency to do that because it's her body. And, uh -huh. and then she captioned it. I should be able to wear this and be able to do whatever I want in any space. And no matter what, I did not invite you to look at me. I didn't ask you to touch me. I didn't ask you to stare at me. I didn't ask you to do any of those things. And many of the men underneath were just like, well, you got your ass and your titties out. How am I supposed to not, like, want to, like, do nothing to you and stuff like that? I'm like, what? What? You have no self-control, sir? You need to be, oh. you need to see. And this is where I'd be like, let's cut your shit off. Let's, 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 let's turn your faucet off for a second. They'll give you a snippet. You ain't going to be coming nowhere feeling no type of sensation. How about you do that? But, and how would and say how would if uh, on the on the, the just to flip it because you know that's what I love to do. Mm -hmm. How would uh, a cishet man feel if a gay man did the same thing to them? All of a sudden they get it, don't they? Yeah, all of a sudden they get it. All they like, sudden. oh no, I don't want to be objectified. This is objectification. That man tried to touch me and did this mm -hmm. not right. That's the same thing you doing to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And, and that, I think this is why, and this is, it's cliche, but this is why cis, uh, cis gay men and women, cis women, um, have this very strong connection because it's men constantly putting them down in some kind of way. Like, it's, it's very interesting. So, essentially, stemping in that situation would be a man coming underneath there and saying, I agree with her, she can wear whatever she wants, and then it's just, like, all the comments underneath him saying is, like, she not gonna fuck you, bro, she not gonna have sex with you, da 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 da, -da. So, basically, like, they would define simping as, like, um, trying to suck up or please women to get access to them in that kind of way. So, no matter how you slice it, 
you either getting called this because you're trying to get access or perceivably trying to get access to women, whether it be true or not. But you're also getting called this for simply agreeing with women and putting their value beneath wow. another man's, which is what a world. baffling. So in order to stop that, in order to be a true ally and anchor to women, which you probably, I don't know, you might have came from a uterus, which um, kind of exists in women. So you wouldn't even be here without a woman. So, or an AFAB person, I should say. So it's like, how did you even conceptualize this? Women are not just objects. We don't just be sitting around just being like, I can't wait to get chose by a man. No, we got shit to do. Like, let's go. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. That's just baffling to me. And I want men to rationalize and understand that. Just because you agree with the woman does not make you any less than. You feel like your masculinity or your manhood is at jeopardy. There's a willingness to let that go. You mm -hmm. have to will be willing to let that go. That's something like it that emasculates them somehow. Right. It emasculates them to agree with women, which is baffling to me. But you have to have a willingness to let that go. It, especially if you know what's happening is wrong. Don't stand up for your homeboy if he putting out rapey energy. If he putting his hands on girls and stuff like that, why, don't stand up for him. What's that gonna do? Shut it's, it down. Right. Is he gonna suck your dick? Oh, I, I bet he. Oh, that's gay. Oh, okay. But you, you more, you more worried about impressing him. I'm sorry because they be so much niggas be so worried about impressing their homeboys that they that they. Uh, anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. But you see how that that is so stupid to me because that's how they be thinking. It's like, it's like wait. I'm like, I got you made it all the way to the altar and you still like, I don't know, like you decent or whatever. And it's like Ooh, you, I fuck with you though. Right. We, <laughs> we cool or whatever. Like you held me down for all these years and all this time and stuff, but I don't know. Like it it just it immediately like just devalues women just just by mere association and I think that's just so sad and stuff like that. So I think that men need to be better as like what you said is like by listening, but also by letting women be in charge of things, letting them have agency over themselves. They're not your sexual objects. They don't just sit there just to be pretty. They can wear whatever they want. They don't be asking for it. You have to be willing to jeopardize your, air quotes, manhood, which no one can take away from you by virtue because you're a man. So no one's going to be able to take that away from you. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, put that out there and say, yes, she knows what she's talking about. She, I understand her. I'm going to defend her. And don't let it just be your daughter because all of a sudden you get it. Don't let it be your mama because all of a sudden you get it. Don't let it be your auntie that helped take care of you, your girl, because you attracted to her. It has to be women at every, or AFAP people at every single turn. 
Mm-hmm. So that's you know what's there. funny. Mm-hmm. You know how we say um, that when we talking on the show, mm-hmm. um, explaining our personal experiences, how we're not monolithic for every black queer individual mm-hmm. um, in Chicago. And I think there's this unstated thing, me being a guy and uh, just men in general. Uh, I think th- a lot of men think manhood is monolithic. Mm. And it's like, no, that is like that is again, that's another social construct that mm. we created mm. and it's it's a it's a it's it's false. Right. Every man has a different experience and you can pave your own way. Mm-hmm. And uh that that in itself, instead of going with this whole monolithic toxic masculinity thing what you think is right, mm. do you know that you can only control yourself? That's what being I, and that's what being a woman is about. That's what being a man is about. That's what being human is about. Right. Having agency over yourself and knowing that you can only control you mm. and that you and your actions. So you choose to do the best you can and help others. I Y'all, y'all, don't, don't make me preach today. Let me put my... I was going to say, are we going to get on this mic and start preaching? Because cause we no, probably... but it, it, it is. I think a lot of men feel that the concept of manhood is monolithic. And once they don't... If they don't fall into and check all the boxes mm-hmm. of what it is to be a man, mm-hmm. then they feel like less than, right. weaker. Like they're not... Right. And then that and that's the thing about it is other men are deciding what's manly for you. So it just goes to show that no one's benefiting from this this power dynamic. Women are definitely not benefiting from this power dynamic, but you're being held at such a high standard that you under this scrutiny and the pressure. If you don't live up to what your homeboy is saying, then you're going to be like, like crossed out the group and shit like that. I know that could be scary. But child, is it better to live under that kind of pressure or just be free? Mm. <sighs> I guess we'll have to wait and see. Shall we go on, ma'am? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's go on, Chantween. <laughs> Woo! Okay. We talked a lot about uh, how men can be better for women. And so there's obviously more stuff. We can't cover everything. Like calling women females, which is very derogatory. It's just in lieu of calling women bitches. I feel like, but because we've we've taken the power back on bitch. I really feel like I really feel like we've taken that power back. But calling women calling women females. Mm, that's just a, that's just a new way to say it. So. And again, and again, being an ally, being a male, and ally, being an ally for other men. This is us venting. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be an ally, this is an opportunity for you to listen, mm. support, support, self-reflect, and change. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Say it again, ma'am. Again, listen, support, self-reflect, and change. Wow. Like It's important because... When you're listening to you, you, you really do have to put yourself aside when you're talking about underrepresented or uh, populations that are being scrutinized by systems set in place by hegemony. Mm-hmm. So you have to. This is this is where we are. Right. This is what it. This is the situation that we have to deal with as being men. 
um, as me as because I'm a man, I understand uh, there are things that men have done to women, things that things that uh, Zay has experienced, that she has experienced with men, um, things my mom, my sister, uh, my other friends that are women that have experienced things that I haven't experienced, but I want to be there for them and support them. So what do I do? I listen. I support. I self-reflect and check my own unconscious biases about what I think it means to be a man in this situation. Mm. And then I change if I need to, if I can cre- correct a behavior that I was doing. Mm. So it isn't, I'm, that's where I'm, I wanted to communicate that, uh, make it unequivocally, unequivocally clear. Um, that me being a man, I, I can, I, my allyship, um, goes towards other men, but also to women as well. And we have to understand that. We have to understand that we can be allies to multiple people. It's not just one person at one time. Right. Being, being queer, we, we have to learn. We've learned so many things simultaneously or have to mm-hmm. learn so many things simultaneously as a survival effort. It becomes a skill for us. Very <laughs> that. Uh, one thing that on, on Diamond Style, shout out to Diamond, um, host of the Marsha's Plate podcast. Y'all should go check them out. Marsha's Marcia, Plate. Uh, Diamond be giving me my life. But she said something that I always say to myself. We live in a both and world. Both slash and. Like, it's not just either or, like Mab said earlier, it's not just black and white. It's the gray spell, Marnie. <laughs> like, we have, there's so much maybes, what ifs, and sort of kindas that you have to consider those. There's no, there's people who exist on the extremes, but for the most part, everybody in the middle. Mm-hmm. So we need to make sure we rationalize that and put that into our, into our mind. So to go along with that, we talked about women um, needing support, needing allies from men. I want to talk about black people specifically. We can't speak for Latinx, um, other persons of color, native folk or um, Asian or Middle Eastern folks. We can't speak for them, but we can speak for black people. And trust me, we, we need the allyship because we live in a system that is racist inherently. Mm-hmm. You know, we already talked about the fact that the transatlantic slave trade happened. They brought us over here. And like I said from the very beginning, if you didn't want us to be here, you could have just left us the fuck alone. We could have been Wakanda. We could have been Wakanda, Inc. And and now we sitting here, well, damn, Conda. Like, like, like. Like, we sitting here looking real goofy, and then y'all looking at us goofy for being upset at the fact that y'all have provided us with literally what feels like nothing and expect us to make turn nothing into gold. And then y'all just like... Gaslighting at its essence. This whole thing is gaslighting at its essence. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, racism, a, a belief that race is a fundamental determinant of human traits and capacities that racially different uh, differences produce an inherent superiority of a particular race. Now, I know it's plenty of white people out there who are not racist. They get, but the fact of the matter is the system was designed for you to benefit from it. Whether you actively pursue that thought process or not, it was created for you to prosper and do great because that's what they came here to do. And there's no tea until you started bringing people who didn't want to be here and killing people who was already here. 
Mm-hmm. Like, girl, what? Like, and then the thing about it is, it wasn't that long ago. I really want y'all to let that go. Like, we only, uh, we uh, people have only been here for a millisecond. Mm-hmm. We only been here for a hot minute. So this whole race thing, this is hot new. This is still fresh. Like the like like if you know how you like when you get a scratch on your arm and you be like, damn, and it's not really bleeding yet. But it's about to start bleeding. We the blade just left our arm, or whatever cut us just left our arm, and now the blood is starting to come out a little bit. And everybody like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's these how... wounds span generations. Right. It's it's the blood is just now starting to truly seep out because we're starting to actually say things about it and stuff like that. We haven't we haven't been here that long to truly have the full grasp and knowledge of and all that kind of stuff. But either way, that's that's not my point. It's in, it's entangled, <laughs> it's, <laughs> Jada. It's entangled into my point. But um, America, um, particularly in America, it's just a racist system. There's things that white people are going to get inherently because they had the upper hand and superiority when the country was founded. Mm-hmm. And white people are going to have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with that. You don't have to. You don't have to be. Um, what is it like being like, yes, my ancestors, they were sickening down because, you know, they wasn't. They wasn't doing what they were supposed to be doing. And some of y'all ancestors is, you know, some of y'all great grandparents literally was probably torturing me and Mav's grandparents. Literally. And I want I also want to call out when you said um, that people that, you know, not all white folks are racist. That's true. But, but because of the system that they were birthed into and raised in, mm-hmm. there is a level of conditioning that they have, which leads to unconscious biases mm-hmm. and these assumptions and stereotypes that you are unconscious of that you have. And it impacts how you react to other people and other people who don't look like you. Mm-hmm. So that's what you have to do. You have to rationalize and understand that about where you're coming from because everyone has those. Right. And it, it's, it's, you have to do the work to understand them. Mm-hmm. And let's be very clear that racism is a system. Hence ism. Ism implies that there's a system in place. Whether it, whether, or, and this is why language is important, whether or not that you um, actively participate, I think that we, we got to see the extreme with the KKK, with the Ku Klux Klan, honey. We got to see the extremes. We got to see the, like, I'm going to go out and actually physically cause harm to black people. And I think because that's the, uh, that's the pinnacle of, like, where white people kind of fill down these tubes. <laughs> They're just like, well, that's not me. I'm not doing that. But however, the little things of like being uncomfortable when black people are in your space or whispering, like, I don't, you know, I was talking to this lady and she was black. If you whisper black, there's some kind of fear or anxiety around it. Black people is black. We, you just gonna have to be okay with that. Ain't like, nobody think about you. Right. And then I saw this amazing tweet like a few weeks ago, I think, and it said like, if the race has nothing to do with the story, why bring it up? Mm-hmm. So if 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 she was sitting there and she was minding her business and you just like yeah I saw this black lady and she had the most craziest hair and did it did it did it I'm just like okay like white people can't dye their hair all kind of crazy colors and shit and and all kind of baby stuff. let's talk on about the that other side, I, and this remember I was talking about cross cultural communication mm-hmm. and connections to 
they're seeing this as like, oh my God. And we're like, it's just how we are. And the same thing. Mm-hmm. Black folks will look at some some shit like some the Midwestern white woman hair and be like, what the fuck is that on her hair? Right. Like it's just like <laughs> <laughs> That bitch got a poodle on her hair. Y'all see that? <laughs> It's a cross-cultural thing, and it's about how you approach it mm-hmm. when you are talking to people, and and it it really makes a difference to understand. Mm-hmm. Like your approach, your, your approach will signify if you understand or not. Right. If you have a question and you're curious, people can nine times out of ten pick up if that curiosity is out of malice or if that curiosity is out of fear or if that curiosity is just genuine i want to gain more information so i can just be more aware of the world that we're in who i am how i fit you know Mm -hmm. there's a difference there's a big difference and yes i agree and more so than that it's like you said the idea of we can tell when it has malice or negative energy behind it that's fine and dandy. Everyone who is in a marginalized space does not owe you an explanation or a conversation. Nope. They are not your teachers. Baby, y'all y'all went and got uh, Bill Gates his his um his internet. Y'all better go fucking use it. Y'all y'all Google everything else, but you don't want to Google how to be a better ally to black people. There's leverage that can be lost. And it's indicated that black people have been like oppressed for many years, not getting the reparations that we deserve after being tortured for many years. Also, um, redlining, uh, redlining, red motherfucking line. If you don't know what redlining is, it's basically after the slaves were free, they blocked off all these areas and gave more money to certain areas. And I guess wonder what areas those were white. That's an institutional thing. So when you go to the West side of Chicago, right. When you go to the west side of Chicago, when you go to the south side of Chicago, you can't ask yourself, well, I wonder why it looks like this over here. There's no money coming, baby. There's no money coming over this way. That's institutional. It's been designed and orchestrated that way. So that's why there's things like projects and all that kind of stuff. It's very important for you to be aware of the fact that black people have a very different lived experience than white people. We are basically taught from the gate that we have to make sure we own guard and defend ourselves because our ancestors had to literally exist and defend themselves at every turn. You know, black men weren't able to look at white women in any kind of capacity without being potentially harmed or anything like that. That's why the gravity of white women crying at the drop of a hat is like, let me get the fuck up out of here because they're going to come save Becky Sue in about five seconds. And if I'm standing here, it's a wrap. Whistle any Emmett Till, which was totally Emmett false. Till. You know, we we have these um these wounds, these generational wounds that we carry with us as a culture, mm-hmm. um because we understand a lot of us have ha- haven't had uh, uh things happen to us that were as uh, monumental as George Floyd mm-hmm. or as as um, Emmett Till, but a lot of us, we either are connected, know somebody that this didn't happen to, or we've been subjected to uh, racism ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so as a community, we mourn these things. We feel these things together. Right. This is a shared trauma that we all have. Trauma. That's one of those fun buzzwords now, but it's true. We're now, We're just now getting to the place where we're starting to rationalize the fact that Things that have happened to us were underneath the surface are now kind of starting to butt out. That's how trauma affects people. And if black people have been enslaved and held down and oppressed and all that stuff for many of, many of years, 
then you can't expect that trauma to just vanish by releasing black people and stuff like that. You continue to, um, I'm gonna use this word very clearly, police black people once they were released. And so now that they've been uh, feared for their lives because people are out there being policing us and just for trying to exist, I, I it, it literally just, I don't know, it just baffles me. Like, we need to make sure that you rationalize the fact that this trauma isn't just going to go away overnight. That's why when I was saying, like, just a, it's only been a few years, like, my great-great-grandmother, like, went through this. And you look at your pictures of your great-grandmother, she was probably out there being like, get down there and clean that up, nigger. Like, really? Like, it probably was happening. And then your grand, and then your great-grandparents were really, were like, you're free now, but you have to do everything that we say. You can't come in this room. You can't do, you can't, you can't do anything that we can do because we're white people. How would you feel if people told you constantly, you can't do what we're doing? You don't have the most, you don't have the integrity, you don't look as pretty as we do. You don't, they, like, the industry and the system of racism is so embedded and so strong that when this thing happened with George Floyd, um, it literally, like, exploded. It was like, okay, all that trauma, all that emotion, all that stuff kind of came out. And y'all got to see a fraction, let me be clear, y'all got to see a fraction of how much trauma and how much suffering black people have gone through this entire time. So in order to be a better ally, it's not just saying like, oh, we understand. I think you y'all are gonna have to go outside of yourself and be in some spaces with black people and really get the fever. I'm really serious. Like you're gonna have to feel the fever. Go ahead. It, and it, it it it's very unsettling because uh, we like to, just to, to uh, Zay's point about this is still rampant and it's still going on. This happened last year with uh, George Floyd, and we still haven't seen. Um, enough change right. when it comes to police reform when it comes to all of that just more dirt has been uncovered about why the system needs to be changed mm -hmm. but it hasn't been changed right and so that's why it's 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 very important that we have allies um on on every point inside of this so we can create that change this is the importance of allyship mm -hmm. to make a difference uh, for underrepresented groups and in, um, in our society and where we live. So I, I just say that to, to emphasize allyship, it goes far beyond and it helps so many people, mm -hmm. not just, not just, not just underrepresented people or us, but it helps the, the people who aren't underrepresented. It helps white folks too, because right. it, it builds humanity back up. Mm -hmm. It, it, it perpetuates assistance and helpfulness and love and understanding. And that's what we need to perpetuate, not malice, not hatred, not violence. Right. And I want to point something out very clearly is that we know no one wants to be, air quotes, the bad guy. We've done a great job of creating good versus evil in this world. And nobody wants to be a bad guy. No one wants to be on the evil side. I'm sure there are white people out there who say like, I'm not evil, I'm not mean, I don't do anything, I do this, I do this. 
but you're just, you were born with the privilege and you have to use the privilege. That's why like when we saw the people protesting last year, white people literally putting themselves in front of black people and the cops just threw the white people out the way because they know they wasn't gonna shoot them. Mm -hmm. You could see how the privilege itself worked. You could literally see it all take place. And again, we're not trying to make white people out to be the bad people, but the way that everything has been situated and set up, we're trying to fight an entire system, not just y'all. And, and fighting this entire system, uh, um, what's the word I want to use? Um, creating freedom in that system mm -hmm. helps everybody, not yeah. just one group. Mm -hmm. This is so much bigger. We just have to start with the roots, mm -hmm. and we are in the roots of it. Us and Native folk are really at the root of mm -hmm. a lot of issues in America mm -hmm. when it comes to government and policy. Mm -hmm. We need to help us, uh, Black folks, Native, um, um, uh, people who are, are coming over from different countries, immigrants. Mm -hmm. We need to help women. Once we help once we are are starting at the root of these problems and and, and and then it starts to snowball that's when we see greater change and better change in our future in our country until we do that our civil rights are still going to be in jeopardy no matter who you are right and i i want to be very clear about what mav said is the fact that we have to change the focal point we have to change the center who are we centering in various conversations for how many ever hundreds of years, white, cisgender, heterosexual men who have been over a certain bracket with a certain body type and all this kind of stuff have been the focal point and the center of almost every single conversation. It's like, how do we help them? How do we fix? How do we do that? If you shift the focus to people who need the help the most, it'll permeate out. If you if you want to get reproductive rights taken care of, you help all women and all AFAB people. If you want to get some police reform, that helps black people, Latinx people. And then if you want to stop um, 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 making things more challenging for people who are disabled and make more ramps and other things and stuff available, whatever else they may need in certain spaces, you and you affect everybody. If you focus and center all the energy on the most marginalized people, it will literally radiate, permeate out and help those people. I think the fact that they don't want that change to happen because... There was, what it, didn't Joe Biden, lovely President Joe Biden, <laughs> he did it, Joe, we did it. Um, he just signed something to stop hate crimes for Asian folks and stuff like that, if I'm not mistaken. And then yeah. I know, I know, not this to make this a black version Asian versus Asian thing, but we all black people just sat there and say, so... Lynching is still legal. Like, <laughs> like, so what do, what do we get? Like, they get the reform and some policies quickly because there's value in proximity to whiteness which of course that's a whole nother thing but asian people have been conditioned to specifically to be perceived as like having more proximity to whiteness and having more value so if we fix them that'll help but that's not centering the people who need it the most we just went through this whole thing over the over the global landscape of black lives matter and we still can't get nothing Brianna, I think that because I'm pretty sure the anti-lynching bill is still just sitting there. Sitting there. Cute and pretty. Just like, well, you know, it's not that bad. It's like. <laughs> so this is this is the kind of things that need to be addressed and talked about. And it, you're going to be uncomfortable. 
Yeah. You're going to be uncomfortable. If you're in a place of privilege and people are challenging your privilege and all you have to base it on is the fact that you're just proud of being proud of being proud, you have nothing to stand on. You need something to stand on, sweetheart. So I, I think that's all I kind of wanted to say about how white people can be better allies. Um, Get black friends. Find some genuine black friends. You ain't got to listen to the music. You ain't got to fight them about saying nigga. Because that's a word we reclaim. Reclaim some of y'all fun. Reclaim some of the words that we done made up for y'all. We done made up a bunch of shit. Get some of them words and make it funny. God don't know what to tell you. But it's like, you don't need to fight us. Our hair is not distracting. We're not animals. You can't just come up to us and pet us. That's oh not my how that works. gosh. Ooh, y'all ooh. ooh, y'all be get y'all be killing me with that. The access to my hair, y'all must think that's I free. Pre I pre what was that? About a month or two ago? I went to like uh post vax. I went to like a uh game night some what was at somebody's apartment. Mm -hmm. That's the last time I'll be at that game night. Because oh, okay. some white dude felt it was okay to touch my hair. And I was like, <laughs> excuse me? Right. <laughs> We're not animals. You're just not going to just like, pet what? us. What gives you the right to just reach over and touch something or, or touch me like that unwarranted? And right. it's just like, it's the same thing with women mm -hmm. and that unwarranted touching and things in, in spaces and boundaries. boundaries. Understand boundaries mm -hmm. and the importance of boundaries. Right, just because they don't want you to touch them, they don't know where your hands being, bitch. What the fuck? Like, I don't know you. Like, like, I don't know you. Like, it's about consent. Ask for consent. Can I touch your hair? Can I ask you about your hair? Yes, it's it's extra questions you have to ask, but it's better than get your your hands knocked the fuck back and you getting all teary out. Anyway, I'm gonna get mad thinking about that kind of shit. But in order to be, I, we're venting here. See, this is venting. Mm. This is not a personal attack. Mm. It is a venting thing. And I just need y'all to just be okay with the fact that y'all ancestors have done horrible things and it's going to be up to y'all to fix these things because we don't have the access or the privilege to be in those spaces. We can't make those changes happen. Otherwise, child, we would have been up in there. We would have been Chris Rock for real. If Barack had wanted to do what he really wanted to fucking do, child, the White House would have been renamed the Black House. You know, it would have been a mess if we really could do what we wanted to do, but... And, let, and let's also think of it this way. Let's take out, let's talk, let's go into like a metaphysical type spiritual thing mm -hmm. with this route. So depending on what you believe in, some people believe that before we get here on this earth, if you believe in like reincarnation and whatnot and stuff like that, I'd love to explore uh, spiritual um, uh, tenets and, and different ideas and mm -hmm. concepts. So if you make a, 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 if a, let's say that we are reincarnated and we make some pact with uh, God, the creator, universe, whatever you mm -hmm. call it. And each time we come back, we want to learn things to make us better. Mm -hmm. So different souls, it's like they have a, let's say they have a meeting and they like, okay, we go, so this shit has to happen so this person learns this shit mm. and vice versa. If you look at it that way, we are all connected and we are all learning. Mm -hmm. We are all trying to figure out how we can uh, best feed our souls and be the best that we can do and learn from our mistakes. Mm -hmm. That's what the whole point of living is about. So... If that spirit, if you, if that coming from a spiritual uh, viewpoint helps you with your allyship, understanding that you are put in a position uh, for a reason, 
then use that. There are so many different ways and approaches that you can look um, to to see why allyship is important. And I use spirituality in that context because I know it helps me in times to know that if I got hurt by someone, it was to teach me a lesson so I could be better the next time around, you know, or, or you know, vice versa. So please, 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 um, just understand the importance of uh, being an ally and, and ways to be an ally. Mm. Amen. Amen. And most importantly, a woman. Who said that? Somebody said amen, a woman, and a child. Who said that? I don't know. That's probably some shit I would have said. I don't know. But let's go on to the last little section here before it's time for us to go. Okay. Okay. So we almost at the end here. And of course, like we said, we about a few days away from Pride Month. Yes. 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 Pride Month. Pride. I'm coming now. Actually, I changed that now. I'm inviting you. To know who I am. Just to I let, love it. I don't know how to. We got to refigure it out. Um, but I wanted to talk about at the end here. Um, the connection to um, LGBTQIA plus people and allies. So obviously, like I remember, like back in middle school slash high school, that like that became like the word. Like you're an ally to the LGBTQIA plus community. Like you're not part of it, but it, you're an ally to it. And I. I remember at some point it was uh, LGBT, our alphabet soup was LGBTQIA, mm-hmm. and that A didn't mean like asexual or anything like that, but it meant ally. Right. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And we snatched them right up on there, like, you don't really belong in this group, but thank you. <laughs> and so I think that word obviously has been used and kind of bent around, you know, been around the block a little bit. And we know that, you know, being an ally, um, particularly to LGBTQIA plus people, queer people, is um, a lot more than just showing up and being like, I'm okay with gay people. I'm okay with trans people. It's more than just being okay. You don't get to say I'm a, I'm, I'm an ally and then go to Pride and get passed out once a year. Girl, that's not how that works. Mm-hmm. Nice try. Mm-hmm. But to be a full ally... Um, even within our own community, I want to talk very specifically in our own community, um, being able to understand outside of your experience, like if you're a lesbian, then make sure that you understand how gay men operate and how bisexual and trans and queer people as a whole kind of work. You may not have the full range knowledge and dialogue and conversation and the skills for it all. However, comma, it's very important for you to make sure that you are knowledgeable of who's in your community and the way that you feel about yourself is exactly how someone else feels about them. So it's just yeah. like within the own queer um, contingent energy or whatever, <laughs> like it's important for us to support each other. You have to step outside of yourself because I know me personally, it's like I don't know a whole, whole lot about um, lesbians because I'm not one but although I respect them and I understand things I'm not a bisexual person but I know and understand them but as a trans person I know we're kind of like the new hot commodity or whatever 
So I know there's a lot of things that's been going around and being lots of misinformation, lots of confusion, even within our own community. And it's important to know that there are levels to all of this shit. And you have to let people show up and present the way that they want to present, address them how they want to be addressed, and respect them. Just as how you want to be respect. So that means I'm going to call out gay men specifically, specifically white gay men. You girls are going to have to do a whole lot better. Because the only thing keeping you from being part of that white cis hetero thing that I talked about at the very beginning is the fact that you are a queer man. Uh-huh. If you wasn't queer, you'd be just as horrible. But you're using you you fall back on your whiteness, or in some cases, your y'all proximity to whiteness. If you a white white passing Latinx person, uh-huh. y'all fall back on that whiteness and and that ability to be like, well, you know what? If it comes down to it, you know, I'm gonna choose side with the white side. And it's like, girl, no, we need you to be understanding and more knowledgeable. And black gay men as well. You need to make sure that you are knowledgeable of the fact that y'all can't just be. You, I, I think a lot of the times it's kind of one of those things that's like, well, I'm not going to let you disrespect my good girlfriend who's trans in front of me, but I can still get her together because we're still in the same community. Oh, no, boo-boo-boo. We're not doing that. That's not how you be an ally. That's not how this is going to work. So, like, I'm going to call it what I saw, but it, he, he deleted it because he came under fucking fire for it. Milan Christopher. You know who Milan is? The ball, the ball head Pisces with the tattoo. He was on Love and Hip Hop, like one of the first out gay black men on reality television or whatever. Anyway, I'm going to tell the story right quick. It was a couple of days ago, and he deleted it within an hour. At least within an hour. But it came up on my timeline on Instagram, and it said, I'm, I'm trans-vax. I'm not really vaccinated. I just say that I'm vaccinated. Oh, he said that. Yes. That was him who said that? Yes. And all the comments underneath were some trans women going like, girl, what? Why did you do that? And fool, that? you ain't no comedian. Right. <laughs> and it wasn't like if, like there, I understand that we as queer people can be very sensitive about our experience, but we're sensitive because we have literally been tortured at every turn. This hetero people have a privilege in that way. No one will kill you because you're a cis hetero person. They may kill you for another reason. They may inflict harm with you in a different reason. They may withhold something for you for a different reason. But they're not going to be like, oh, no, boo, you straight. You can't do this. And so when we when we say to them, like, oh, you can't come into this space because it's for queer people only, they feel oppressed. Oh, baby, you don't get access to everywhere. You've been had that. You, you, you got the whole extra world to deal with. And so he came under so much fire for that within literally minutes because he's got the blue check mark. And so poorest black gay men underneath were like, oh, don't do that. You know, the girls gonna try to get you together. But it was in the tone. You could read the tone of it with the laughing emojis and stuff like like we say these jokes amongst ourselves, but we can't say it out loud and stuff like that. It just implied that Poor taste. Right, very no tact, none whatsoever. So being supportive of a community that you're not a part of is the crux of it. But being an ally to the LGBTQIA plus people, you have to know how homophobia and transphobia all intersect and work at the same time. Remember, a phobia is the fear or an aversion to. So homophobia, the fear or aversion to queer gay people. Homo, a transphobia is the queer aversion to trans people. So when you have a fear or aversion, are you, af- are you afraid and averting because you don't know? Are you curious and don't want to ask the wrong questions? That's when books and internet and stuff and videos, that's when that all kind of helps. Just, just putting that out there. But um, I'm talking a lot. What you want to say, ma'am, about allies for queer people? Uh, I 
think it's important that we understand that it that when when we want to be allies for queer people, we have to understand that there is a certain level of trauma, not everyone, but there's a certain level of trauma in our community that has caused a bit of mental health mm. um, issues and more, more so like depression mm. and things of that nature. Um, I was I was just talking to you about like psychology. You know, I love read psychology today and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Chicago is a big place, uh, 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 like a big marker for psychology. Mm. Um, in um, just university standpoint, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think as an ally, when you are talking to LGBT people and someone confides in you what's going on with them, be able to provide the correct resources and direct them and don't mm. just shrug them off mm. um, because that happens to too many Um I believe the the rate for like, especially if they're seventh in seventh grade to twelfth grade, the suicide rate for LGBT youth and not even transgender youth, mm-hmm. there's not enough research research to support any claim or anything about mental health. But when it comes to uh, gay and lesbian um, individuals, not even talking about gender, but just sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the suicide rates are high, that they're more likely to, uh, have, uh, depression, develop clinical depression. So, you know, it, it, it's just important as an ally, you understand that, 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 that may be an influence mm. on, um, when they're venting, when they are talking about personal things. A, a simple microaggression could take their self-esteem and tear it Ooh, down. We need to talk about microaggressions, but you're right. And you know, it's was funny because, like, because I, because you know, what that boy said, the loving hip hop boy mm-hmm. on Twitter, mm-hmm. that wasn't even a microaggression. That was just a, it, a that was a macro. It, it was macro as fuck. That's what it was. I don't even know if that's a thing. <laughs> He parked that big macro, sorry, <laughs> right in his little garage. <laughs> so we we have to be sensitive about the language that we use. If you call yourself an ally, you have to understand mm-hmm. that words create worlds. They shape the world. Oh, I love that. Say that again. Words create wor- words create worlds, and mm-hmm. they shape the world. That's one of my quotes. I love that book. I love uh, that. I think that's your Instagram caption or bio, I think. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, it, and it, it's important because I, I think with our when when you have that type of interpersonal communication. Mm-hmm. You people reveal things to you, mm-hmm. um, especially depending on where you work. If you work in a school, if you work uh, in a church that is accepting of all folks of walks of life, mm-hmm. if you work, so your your words and what you have to say, especially if they're coming to you, mm-hmm. they already see you as an ally. So now you have to live up to that representation. You have to show up for them right. um, in that in that that way. Um, so I think it's just people still just be sensitive to that. Be sensitive to their words and their emotions because they matter. When 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 underrepresented people say stuff about their experience, mm-hmm. believe them. 
don't just bypass it off or check it off to them being a boy or just because they don't know. Believe them. Mm-hmm. Believe them. No, I completely. When someone shows you who they are, what? believe Come on them. <laughs> Someone shows you who they are. are. <laughs> I can't do the impression good. I can't do my. Oh, it's someone. <laughs> but anyway, I know I I agree. And so a lot of the things that we've said on this episode is literally transferable because you're literally not centering yourself in the conversation. If you misgender a transgender person, it's not for you to go like, oh, sorry, well, it's not. Girl, no, you take a step back and you say, oh, I'm sorry. What are your correct pronouns? What is your affirm name? You ask them that question, they will tell you, and then you have to go home and you have to practice that. You have mm-hmm. to make sure that, and, and that's just an ally, just, that's just changing it up. An anchor will make sure if somebody is misgendering or say something poorly about them or using the wrong name or whatever, dead naming them, they will go, no, we're not doing that in this space, respectfully. Go ahead, ma'am. And I want to call, I want to call myself out even on that because I've had to make an adjustment uh, even most recently when um, I was reaching out to someone about uh, doing the podcast, I was unaware that Mm. they were Mm non-binary. And so I was like, oh my God, he, and I was using he and his, Mm -hmm. and then they politely let me know, hey, I'm non-binary. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, then I validated exactly what they said, and then I used the correct correct pronoun or use their name mm-hmm. in in search in in substitute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, I d- I acknowledged my behavior. That behavior made them uncomfortable. I understood because that's not even if it wasn't my intention. I wasn't trying to hurt them. It wasn't my intention to do that. But I understood that this was a behavior that was not uh, appropriate at that time. So I had to stop, listen, learn, Hmm. self-reflect, and change. Hmm. I'm going to keep bringing that back. (laughs) We need to get some some t-shirts that say, listen, support, (laughs) self-reflect, and change. We gonna get some t-shirts, man. We gonna be out there. We gonna be. We gonna be in pride with mask on. Like, girl, buy one of these shirts, Miss Girl. Buy one of these. Shirts. Listen to Back to the Future. Yes, please. <laughs> so uh, there's a there's a lot more to be said, and obviously with pride coming around the corner, there's going to be lots of rainbows. Again, we talked about this already. Just because it's a rainbow on something for somebody's for them thirty days, don't mean that they care about the queer community. Make sure that you know who really supports, who really uplifts, who really affirms. And so with Pride Month coming around the corner, we'll have a whole lot more to say about um, Pride and really being a true ally. So after this episode, make sure that you ask yourself, am I an authentic ally? Right. Am I an authentic ally? Am I listening? Am I supporting? Am I... What was the other one? (laughs) Am I reflecting? Reflecting. That's what I was going to say. changing. And I was changing. Yes, listen, support, self-reflect, and change. No no one is perfect. We're all human. We all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But it's 
in your character it's how you recover from those mistakes if someone tells you something you've done something wrong and you act with aggression because you're upset because they challenge your frame of mind uh. you need to do some more self-reflection because in no way <laughs> was that intended their them setting a boundary for themselves to declare who they are is not anyway a threat to you so you have to understand again your unconscious bias you have to analyze that and figure out why are you so distraught over this mm. is there something in you that um you see in them that mm. you don't like is there something a behavior that you were taught an experience that you had that you need to understand that all people of this race or sexuality or uh gender expression mm-hmm. are, are are not uh monolithic is there something you need to 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 heal from hurt people hurt people, hurt people and hurt the best people. way we can um aid that too is by being allies so thank you all because you guys are all definitely allies even just by listening to this just you are that first know. step of showing up yes thank y'all so much so i think we did a good episode a good show we was real serious and stuff. Not this TikTok dance. What the fuck are you doing? Uh-uh. I'm doing the cabbage patch. Okay. I was just like, what is this dance? Because it looked them TikTok dances like you Doctor Strange or something. I'm just like, what the oh, fuck is this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, they, that's for the birds. I done gave up. Oh, <laughs> I, did, I did what? I tried to do what for uh, Armani? Oh, I saw. Y'all was cute. I was sitting there like, look girl. My booty. I was like, look my booty growing. <laughs> girl, I think my butt. You gonna do the busting challenge two, six months too late. Anyway, we about to get up out of here. Please make sure that y'all uh, questioning yourself, challenging yourself. Are you an authentic ally? And we will see you next month um, for Pride Month. And this is a Black Queer Podcast. We're going to so excited to share everything that we have in store with y'all. So please make sure you share, rate, review Black to the Future Podcast with me and Matt. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Black to the Future. Yes, thank you for joining us. And if you want to continue the conversation with us, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black to the Future Podcast. And don't forget to use the hashtag Black to the Future Podcast as well. Share the content and please leave positive reviews. Yeah, all that. <laughs> and we will see y'all in the future. Don't you mean Black to the Future? Oh, I guess you're right. We'll see y'all black to the future. future.